However, today we brought you a special episode. Yes, it's today, the 20th of December, and we're your regular hosts, Vava and Dimitri. So, in this episode, we would like to use the today's launch of the Boeing's CST-100 yes. Starliner spacecraft as a pretext to discuss a topic which is becoming more and more important for yeah. international relations, namely spaceflight. We will analyze current developments in space exploration yeah. and manned spaceflight, spaceflight, discuss prospects for yeah. the future, and analyze spaceflight's space impact on modern international politics. Yeah, exactly. Sounds very intriguing. So, let's jump straight into the topic. Let's do this. So, and today um, we are talking about, first of all, the launch of uh, Starliner by uh, Boeing. And I guess it's like very huge step for Boeing. And so how do you see this, Vava? Why are they doing this? So basically, uh, NASA, after the retirement of the space shuttles, basically lost okay. the all possibilities of sending humans mm -hmm. into space. After the fall of the Soviet Union, there was no need to achieve yeah. great goals in space. Uh, there was no enemy to be yeah. in space exploration. Uh, so basically, uh, the Americans gave up on sending humans into exactly. space. Yeah. But recently, they figured out that, well, maybe we should be kind of independent. Yeah. And we shouldn't solely rely on Russians for bringing our astronauts okay. to our space station. Uh, yeah, which is very, very interesting topic. Yeah. So basically, they decided to cut costs that yeah. they will employ private companies okay. for their uh, manned spaceflight. So what they did is they employed two companies, SpaceX and Boeing, mm -hmm. to construct a manned spacecraft, mm -hmm. which will be affordable. Uh, and yeah, that's what Boeing did today. They launched their yeah. Starliner spacecraft, which is supposed to be bringing astronauts to the International Space Station. The mission wasn't quite successful. Yeah. They had some problems with entering the correct orbit. So the, the spacecraft is all right, but it will not be reaching the International Space, Space Station space, anytime yeah. soon. Um, so this is a huge milestone because private companies yeah. are entering what I would call a new space race right now. And yeah. Boeing and SpaceX are in the lead, I would say. Yeah, but um, okay, let, how, do you feel, how do you feel about like Boeing in terms of like entering this kind of like not crowded field, but the field mainly dominated recently by, I would say, SpaceX? Well, I guess they want to catch up to SpaceX, yeah. uh, who have already made huge uh, progress. They already sent their mm -hmm. spacecraft to the International Space Station. Okay. Uh, it was the Dragon spacecraft. It went to station, docked okay, successfully, successfully yes. returned, but afterwards had some problems uh, and exploded while testing. So that's why uh, yeah. SpaceX still didn't carry any humans to the space yeah. station. Um, so those two companies are, well, both in the ahead in the race, okay. uh, but they're not the only ones who are no. currently but trying to bring people yeah. into space. And this, uh, let's go to another question. What about Blue Origin? Um, so Blue Origin is, is another private company uh, yeah. founded by Jeff Bezos, the famous yep. uh, Amazon owner. Uh, so he intends basically to uh, use the company purely okay. for uh, commercial uh, commercial purposes. He wants to bring tourists into space and occasionally do some contracts for NASA as well. Mm -hmm. um, so this is interesting because we have so many uh, private companies entering uh, space exploration, which was unthinkable uh, like 30 years ago. Yeah, the I mean, that's... dominated by uh, the US, Russia, yeah, the Soviet Union, uh, China as well. And, well, this is one of the reasons, I would say, for the emergence of the sort of a new space race. 
Yeah, I mean, but do you see it's like a new space uh, specifically in the US or you see like internationally? It is very much international. Uh, for example, uh, we should take a look at the Rocket mm -hmm. Lab company, which is based in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. uh, they're currently developing uh, um, smaller rockets used mostly okay. to bring satellites into space. Um, not uh, humans or anything, but they're doing it very cheaply okay. with new technologies. Basically, their rockets are 3D printed. Uh, yes. Many of the parts are 3D printed. So it's a very much international trend. Uh, so New Zealand is a prime example here. Yeah, I mean, and there are a lot of like small private companies that have a contract uh, just like dedicated to um, like their work to like the space industry. Yes, exactly. So it's very exactly. important to say. So yes, but um, I feel like it's it's... It's like very big thing now in the US, but it's not like very big thing in other countries. I would say even in Russia, in China, okay, they invest a lot in their like space capabilities, but it's still not like the same amount of money that the US. I mean, not the US, kind of, well, not the US government, not only, but private companies invest in this field. Well, yes, this is true. The US has always had the biggest budget in terms yeah. of space flights. But uh, they are not the only ones currently in the space race, which I will say basically the. Uh, sort of a new cold okay. war between the US and China takes its toll again on yeah. uh, the space flight. So basically the Chinese are also investing quite a lot in their space exploration. They have their long march rockets sending yeah. uh, sending people and sending uh, probes in, into space. The Chinese were the first ones to land on the so-called dark side of yeah. the moon and they were the first ones to grow a plant on the moon. Which is a yeah. huge development in yeah, it's, space exploration. It is, it is. And they're also investing in their yeah. space stations and they have their plans for space exploration. Yeah. So I think, um, considering especially President Trump and his yeah. attitude towards China, he basically wants to, well, beat the Chinese in yeah. space exploration. I mean, that's what like, Space Force is all about. I mean, it's another like, like. But let's talk about military domain a little bit later, yes, maybe. We will, for sure. Yeah, but let's now concentrate on just like on this topic of space exploration. But what's like if we talk about this new kind of space race? What's like the prime goal, the prime uh, objective of this like space race? Well, it uh, there there's there are various reasons. We have um, I would say SpaceX played a huge role here at mm -hmm. Elon Musk. He basically inspired a lot of people. He's basically this visionary yeah. guy I mean, who paints space as the future of humanity. And especially, especially Mars. Mars, yeah. Yes, but there are various other factors. For example, um, I think Donald Trump plays a yeah. big role here. He has always been this guy who who loves attention, yeah. I mean, who loves just look at any of his like hotels or anything. Yeah, his I mean, huge name on the on on the buildings. He likes to be in the center yeah. of attention. Makes history. <laughs> Makes history exactly. Um, so. Donald Trump was the first president since the end of the Cold War to propose yeah. an increase in budget for NASA. Yeah. And exactly. he has been very interested in the proposed uh, moon yeah. missions. True. Well, not proposed, but planned currently. Mm -hmm. They're already a go. This mission, the mission, missions to the moon are a go. Yeah. So um, that's that. Um, this is why Donald Trump is pushing for the Artemis program, which for those of you who are not aware, the Artemis program is a plan to yeah. bring humans back on the moon by 2024. Yeah. But, well, so, yeah, I think all those factors also influence the public opinion. Mm -hmm. I think, like, the public opinion 
is more and more interested in space exploration, which you yeah. can see, for example, with so many science fiction movies coming out right now, yeah, exactly. which are more and more scientific. They're yeah. not your, you know, Star Wars with sound <laughs> in space, etc. Yeah, true. They're more and more based on actual science. <laughs> science. Um, and they're also, mm, I think it's vital for humanity mm -hmm. right now. We're facing climate change. And some people say, well, if we screwed up our planet, yeah. let's move to our next one and let's not <laughs> repeat our mistakes here. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, there are some predictions that we will run out of natural resources okay. pretty yeah. soon on Earth. And, well, if we had the entire solar mm -hmm. system to our for our disposal, we would basically uh, solve the problem mm -hmm. of natural resources very, very fast. Okay, but let me play like the role of like devil's advocate, because I, I yes, mean... Sir. People say a lot that's a lot of investment, that's a lot of money, but actually uh, the colonization of Mars is like very, very unrealistic because it's not habitable. And I mean, in order to make it habitable, you need not only like a lot of resources, but I mean, it's just not like um, possible. That's what like a lot of scientists like make this argument. So it's like just a waste of money and probably some commercial adv like adventures of Elon Musk in order to like uh, catch attention of the public. But do you think like it's it's actually possible to colonize Mars? Well, it is. Uh, first of all, let's look yeah. uh, on, on, at the International Space Station. It's basically... Yeah, but less space station, is, it's, it's space station, that's one thing. But Mars is it's way more like another level of complexity. Well, yes and no, because there are some challenges that come with Mars, yeah. for example, the distance. Yeah. And there are some uh, things that will help you on Mars. For example, Mars has an atmosphere. Yeah. But... So in case of some, you know, your base getting dehermitized, you will not explode. Uh, Mars has gravity, which solves some problems yeah. the astronauts face, face the International Space Station. Um, so, basically, if we talk about like colonizing Mars and turning it to, into a second Earth, mm -hmm. well, it's not possible right now. It will require yeah. maybe 300, 400, maybe 500 more, more years yeah. of human development. But, but yeah, having like permanent mm -hmm. settlements there... It's totally possible. But do you think we need like, nuclear weapons for this? That's like uh, Elon Musk's idea. <laughs> well, he had an idea uh, that you could nuke maybe, Mars. Maybe nuke Mars and then warm up the atmosphere. But yeah. I'm not sure like anyone would allow I mean, him to do this. There was his answer to the like scientists who are actually very like skeptics like about like this idea. They say, well, I mean, it's unhabitable. I mean, and you can spend like you know billions of dollars, and the Mars won't be habitable just because like it's it's like a very different planet type of planet. It's it's actually very cold for human beings just to live there, I mean, in terms of, like, just atmosphere. Well, it also depends how we define habitable, because, yeah, I mean, uh, well, space is not habitable as well, and we have the space station, yeah. and people live there, live there all year round, so yeah, it depends on the definition. It's still a lot of money, but, I mean, you can imagine how um, challenging uh, to send all the rockets to Mars and back, especially back. I, was, I mean, it's, it's doable uh, pro probably in, like, the next two decades to uh, send a rocket there, but to get it back, you know, <laughs> that's a question. That's true. I mean, we have sent <laughs> rockets to Mars many, many times, even in the yeah, 60s. It's so, true. Um, so getting there is not a problem. It's staying there is a problem. Staying there is a problem. Yes. Um, and how how you feel like in terms of uh, timing? Uh, what's what's your like prediction about? Uh, I mean, I guess like Elon Musk's prediction now is uh, to get to Mars by. 2030? Something like this, Yeah, yes. something like this. Oh, like, uh, pessimistic by 2035 or something like this. But what's, uh, how do you feel about this? Like, Well, um, Elon Musk has always been a bit too excited about mm -hmm. this project. So, um, 
we have we see developments that they're really working on their Mars spaceship and they're doing progresses. They're doing test flights, uh, hovering flights. Uh, so, well, it's still a long way to go. Twenty thirty. It's uh, yeah. ten years. Yeah, a lot of well, things can change. Considering that uh, during the Cold War, people went mm -hmm. from you know sending a little probe into space to mm -hmm. landing a man on the moon in just a matter of basically a little more than yeah, ten years. Yeah, it was like a big. It was hugely, hugely, basically, from the first space flight to landing a human on our yeah. uh, uh, on our body, it's really impressive. Yeah. So I would, I'm rooting for him, and I think okay. he can do it if he doesn't screw up anything. So yeah, so I guess we're warping up uh, this section. And, yes, uh, let's move on. Moving to some uh, security uh, problems of space exploration. We will. So turning to uh, the problem of security, I guess now space, uh, as of like in the 60s and 70s, is becoming more and more important for governments, especially for so-called so like great powers like Russia, China, uh, the US, and so on. But um, how do you feel? Is it like a field for cooperation or more a field for competition? It all depends, as always. Yeah. Um, we see some amazing cooperation right now in terms of space exploration. Yeah. The International Space Station is a prime example. Uh, there's, I think, uh, 14 countries that are taking part in the uh, space station oh, yeah. program. It includes the it includes NASA, it includes Russia and Roscosmos, it includes the European I Space mean, Agency. Uh, we have people from... It's a big achievement for the whole humanity. It is, probably one of the greatest so far. How you can cooperate. It was some of the segments were built by the Russians, some by the Europeans, some by yeah. the Americans. Um, so that's a field for cooperation. Uh, the Artemis program, mm -hmm. also NASA is not doing it alone. The uh, Orion spacecraft that they want to send to yeah. the moon is built in 50% by NASA and 50% by the European Space Agency, for example. Okay. So it's not just an American mission. Yeah. And also the Russians are taking part in it. They're going mm -hmm. to be uh, building parts of the Gateway mm -hmm. Station. Russians are very experienced in building space oh, stations, way more than the Americans. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, basically, the entire International Space Station builds of Russian uh, technology for space yeah. stations. So Roscosmos is taking part also in the moon ex excursion plans. Yeah. But then again, we see room for competition. Yeah, but I mean, in terms of like this, the return of like great power competition and all this stuff, I guess it's becoming more and more difficult for them to actually cooperate and find common ground, so to speak. Because, this is true. Yeah, now it's becoming like this bone of contention in terms of Every country kind of feels that uh, a big power feels that it needs to have superiority, you know, or some kind of like uh, um, advancement in this field in order to outpass like its um, adversary. Yes, that's true, and this is what leads to the militarization of space. Yeah. So um, basically, since the Cold War, space was a useful utility for warfare. Mm -hmm. And it is still today. So many of the great powers possess military satellites yeah. all over the Earth. Uh, well, when we bring mm -hmm. the numbers in, you'll see how much our orbit is cluttered yeah. with uh, satellites. The US has 137, yeah. Russia has over yeah. 100, China as well, and even France has some military satellites. Yeah. This includes navigation satellites, meteorological, communication, everything. Yeah, because navigation satellites are like the most important that you, yes, you, they can, are. you can have. Like, they are. Um, so, uh, 
I mean, yeah, I guess like this this question uh, is about like uh, the US has this idea to build up, so to speak, like the kind of uh, new Star Wars in terms of like this idea to build like defense system in the space that can actually prevent any kind of like sort of missile strike. Yeah, that's true. And well, you, ever since the, uh, for example, when GPS was first yeah. introduced, uh, I think it was firstly used in the Gulf War. Yeah. Uh, when they basically surprised uh, Iraqi tanks mm -hmm. by crossing a desert, the Iraqi thought, oh, yeah. you cannot cross the desert okay. because there's no navigation points there, you cannot yeah. navigate. And they were like, like we way, have yeah. GPS, we don't care. So GPS is vital, surveillance is vital, yeah. communications is all vital for warfare. True. Um, and many countries are also developing ways of destroying and yeah. satellites and this is what's orbit. called like i guess in now in like modern terms because like militarization of space it's not only like satellites but to put some like kind of weaponry that can uh, knock the satellites this is like the main um the fragile like component of this like yeah right like, now in space we don't have any weapons uh, yeah uh, any weapons we have only like passive military uh military yeah like equipment. satellites yeah um but this might change for example, the US, I think even in the 70s or 80s, they developed a missile that was capable mm -hmm. basically of shooting down satellites. And yeah. it would be fired from fighter jets. I mm -hmm. think the F-15 was firstly supposed to fire those missiles. So this like fighter would go up to, let's say, 20 kilometers, well, that's too high, I mean, 15 kilometers altitude yeah. and fire this missile to destroy a, a, a military satellite. But this poses huge uh, Problems, risks yeah. because... Um, if if any one of you has ever seen the movie Gravity, <laughs> you can see what destroying a satellite in orbit might cause. This, yeah. this is basically what uh, what the uh, the uh, Indian state did. Ooh, they yeah. basically shut down all of their satellites, and the debris uh, came pretty close to the International Space Station. Yeah. So had they hit the International Space Station, there could be huge mass on the orbit. Many of these satellites could be destroyed. Big problem. It would cripple our internet, cripple, cripple our communications, and not to say yeah. about military in, uh, installations. So space warfare is very tricky. Yeah. I think that if any country uh, would, if any country decided to destroy an enemy satellite, they would probably do it in a different way without mm -hmm. blowing it into pieces. For example, the U.S. Air Force has a very, yeah. a very secret, uh, secret plan. They basically have a small shuttle. I think it's called X-37 or something like this. Oh, I'll mm -hmm. have to check on this. But this is basically a little miniature space shuttle. It's super classified. Mm -hmm. We only know that those uh, shuttles ride into space like every couple of years. And they stay in orbit for a long, long time. And we have no clue mm -hmm. what it's doing over there. Yeah, I mean, uh, the US is very, very advanced in terms of satellites. And yes, and this is actually space. this is actually a military craft. Mm -hmm. It's not launched by so NASA. Military. It's not operated by NASA. It's not operated by any private company. Mm -hmm. It's operated by the Air Force. Yeah. It only rides on some private rockets. But when it's in space, it's only the domain of the Air Force. Mm -hmm. So we have we, we have no clue if it's armed. It could be because it's super classified. We only yeah. only know that it exists because some of you know fans who watch rocket yeah. launches see oh what's this. So this many people have theories that this. Spacecraft is basically used to take down mm -hmm. enemy uh, satellites by, well, basically flying up to them and mm -hmm. capturing them and bringing them down. I mean, the same is about, for example, surveillance satellites. I mean, uh, the Americans still don't reveal 
uh, what kind of like type of satellites they have in the space and there's like a very big debate about that they use the lenses that they use for Hubble telescope yes they use them for actually surveillance right now mm-hmm. uh, which is like a very big problem in terms of like I mean they publicly die, um, don't uh, I agree with this statement but like a lot of specialists actually um, uh, pinpoint that uh, it's it's the case yeah and well and about the politics in space it's interesting that we see a lot of cooperation, but for example, Russians, Europeans, and Americans, they are more or less cooperating mm-hmm. despite the politics back on Earth. Yeah. Um, but the Chinese and Indian space programs, they're on their own. So India tries, basically they're developing mm-hmm. their own means of sending uh, humans into space. They want to be able to do it on their own. And the Chinese are doing it all the time. Uh, using uh, basically yeah. technology based off of the Soviet technology, but which is which is uh, definitely very hard for both parties because they're not so advanced in terms of like like building um, space equipment. Yes, they have lots to catch up to, but China is doing amazing progress. Yeah, I mean, India so, so. is quite behind <laughs> still, but China, I think it's a matter of maybe a decade until they okay. catch up to the West. Uh, so, uh, let's turn to another topic. Yes, sir. Uh, which is the future and politics. Future and politics of outer space. So, and the last part of our discussion is the politics of outer space. And how do you feel, Vava? Do we still commit to uh, the Treaty of Outer Space of 1967, or we need some new, some new stuff, uh, bring some new stuff to this treaty? Well, the Outer Space Treaty of 1967 uh, signed. It was signed basically. It's a UN treaty that was yeah. signed during the Cold War. Yeah, and so which is very, very, very important. Yes. So the times were way different, and nobody even thought it's possible yet to go to Mars, or even further. People mm-hmm. were making their first ste- first steps basically in spaceflight. So I think. All countries agreed to it back then because they said, oh, well, there's not even a possibility for me to no, build a, to. a base on the moon. It's, yeah. So why would, why should I care? Um, right now it's changing. So we already see that space is being militarized. We have the space mm-hmm. forces. Um, we have military yeah. satellites, of course. Uh, we have secret covert U.S. Space Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, well, right now it's still the Air Force, but Space Force soon. Uh spacecraft yeah. flying into space which could be carrying weapons so maybe this treaty would need revision maybe it should because yes. more and more countries will want to place weapons in space especially yeah. if they let's say they build colonies on different planets or yeah, moons they will want to protect them but that's, that's exactly like a very interesting part because we sh- first need to break down you know like for people to and uh, get a grasp of this idea how how this colony is going to be uh, organized like by legal terms yes this is very very interesting the same outer space treaty basically says that uh the space is a domain of all the nations yeah. and that no country should be allowed to claim any part of space for mm-hmm. themselves um but let's, let's the same with this antarctica basically the same solution yeah. with antarctica yeah um but now let's think that mm, SpaceX is successful, mm-hmm. and they build a base on Mars. And let's say they build it in a like, perfect location where there's a lot of yeah. uh, water and uh, basically hydrogen, yeah. everything that you would need to run a colony. Um, 
what if other countries also wanted to have a colony on Mars yes, be and wanted yeah. to have a very good location on Mars because those natural resources are not everywhere. So if they build such a, an outpost, mm -hmm. would it be claiming the ground for yourself? That's an interesting question. So now if we have the US where basically anyone who's born in the US becomes a US citizen, mm -hmm. what if we have a child born in an American colony on yeah. Mars? That's... Yeah, that's another point. Uh, it's very interesting uh, thing to discuss. I guess a lot of um, legal experts now kind of are trying to figure out, and that's why we need probably some uh, amendments to the treaty. I think we do uh, to yes. specify uh, all this kind of stuff, which is like way more difficult taking into account like current situation in mm -hmm. international relations. Yeah, it's getting heated. Very, very heated. But I want to like uh, return to another point of uh, this treaty, which is the prohibition of. Uh, nuclear weapons in space which is like very very important uh, from a lot of perspectives but i, I guess mean, elon musk would want to change that yeah <laughs> i mean i don't know <laughs> how he's gonna do this but well theoretically uh any intercontinental ballistic missiles missile already yeah. violates this treaty because many of those missiles actually go uh above the so-called curve yeah, line yeah. which is basically the uh so-called border <laughs> yeah, of space so if you send any ICBM out your enemy, mm -hmm. you're already violating the treaty because yeah, you cross the space. It means than. it means a kind of war. <laughs> yes, that's another thing. Uh, well, I mean, I guess like it's a very interesting question first for space exploration because there I means some sort of ideas about um, um, uh, about constr constructing of some type of engine that requires some sort of. Um, uh, nuclear energy? Yeah, well, there are already engines that run on nuclear uh, nuclear power. So these engines work a bit differently. They basically heat uh, mm -hmm. fuel using nuclear reactors, mm -hmm. which is then like thrown out of the engine, which makes propulsion. Yeah. And I guess if let's let's say the Americans wanted to power their uh, colony on Mars with a nuclear reactor, yeah. I guess this could cause some. Um, anxiety uh, yeah different countries like oh wait those guys are building nuclear yeah. installations in space we i mean it, 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 can, it can lead to war probably because i mean yeah. a lot of countries for example russia is very clear about this i mean and there is like no way um some other countries i mean like any country has no right basically to have any sort of kind of uh, nuclear equipment in uh, outer space i mean not nuclear but nuclear weapons for yeah. example uh the Russians have many or many satellites that are powered mm -hmm. by blue nuclear reactors, uh, which is funny because most of them were launched during the uh, Soviet Union mm -hmm. times, and they're not operational anymore, but still in orbit. Okay. And from time to time, they fall to Earth. Mm -hmm. There was a story like a couple of years ago, maybe in the seventies or eighties, yeah. or maybe like, I don't know where exactly, but basically, a post-Soviet satellite crashed and mm -hmm. didn't burn entirely through the atmosphere okay. and crashed in Canada. And it contaminated quite a large area because it was basically radioactive. Okay, and the Russian first. government paid some reparations for okay. this to Canada for cleaning operations. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, basically you can see that nuclear power in space is dangerous. Yeah. And my predictions would be that at some point, one of the great powers will break this rule of yeah. not placing nuclear weapons in space. We kind of know uh, what this power is going to be. <laughs> uh, we don't know. It may, be, it may be the US. I, I mean, mean uh, Trump's US, presence is very, very yeah. unpredictable. I mean, uh, the US has advantage. I guess it's not like uh, even uh, in time of uh, Donald Trump. Maybe it's like other generation. It could even happen a bit later. Yeah, I mean, when as soon as the first country yeah. breaks this rule, other people will follow. And then I think we'll see some uh, revision of the outer space treaty for sure. Maybe there will be 
restrictions or you cannot yeah. have more than you know 100 nuclear warheads yeah. in space or something like this but it will change for sure i'm okay. sure that space will be militarized because as it becomes a bigger more part more of human civilization as we know humans are good at turning every part yeah. of human life I mean, to warfare it's same with colonization back to you know 15 and 16 centuries yeah basically when the colonization started it was yeah well let's say it just was a race who well, once you have some trade between uh, uh, celestial bodies, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You you have to protect this uh, commercial route. Yeah, and when you, you look at to... how many colonial wars there were between powers, European powers for colonies yeah. during the colonization period, you will see, I can see this repeating mm -hmm. in a different setting than being in space. Of course, of course. And I guess, like, final question. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people were very excited about space in the 60s, I guess in the 70s. They thought, like, the humans would eventually, you know, it was a matter of uh, decades when they land on Mars and they're gonna conquer the whole like space and that's why we have so many uh, space movies so to speak we do uh, but uh, finally I mean nothing like happened in terms of like expectation didn't really meet uh, and probably a lot of people saying you know we kind of probably experiencing something the same we have a lot of ideas we have a lot of investments but it doesn't actually mean that it's a I mean it's still any any kind of achievement in space it's a big step but probably our expectations would meet reality, mm -hmm. so to speak, in the future. How you feel? Like how? What can you say about this? Well, uh, back during the Cold War, there were hopes and expectations. People said, "Oh, wow! So now we land on the moon, and then mm -hmm. we should go to Mars." Uh, for example, the chief, uh, the, the guy who built the American rockets mm -hmm. that went to the moon, Vernon from Brown, he was a huge fan of mm -hmm. the idea of going to Mars, and he even wrote about it back in the thirties, mm -hmm. how he could colonize Mars. But then, uh, no, no concrete plans were made mm -hmm. to do this. There were only ideas, but there was no program started. There was mm -hmm. no research going into this. Mm -hmm. And currently, we have this research. We have the Artemis program, mm -hmm. which includes building a space uh, station around the moon, mm -hmm. which is already designed to serve spacecraft mm -hmm. going to Mars. Mm -hmm. We have SpaceX, who are basically right now building their Starship uh, yeah. craft, which is supposed to be able to go to Mars, mm -hmm. they're building it right now in our mm -hmm. before our eyes, and they're testing some. They're doing some test flights, etc. So uh, maybe not all of our expectations will mm -hmm. be met. I think it's kind of mm, undoable to settle Mars permanently ahead. Uh, in the coming like twenty or thirty years. I think we might have some outpost that works like the International Space Station with maybe you know ten people living mm -hmm. there. The crews changing every two years, something like this. But we need more time before we'll have like a settlement back there, over there. I think first will be scientific outposts, maybe some like military uh, surveillance listening or some mm -hmm. military installations. Yeah. But it will not be a place that we'll call home for yeah. quite a long time. So in a nutshell, it's a matter of time. It's oh, a it's definitely a matter of time. time. Okay. It depends. It depends how fast we okay. uh, we develop, and we're doing this pretty fast right now. Let's hope for the best. Let's hope for the best. Let's hope we do not kill each other over <laughs> over space. Yeah. Let's hope uh, all this like new space race won't cause any troubles in international security. Let's hope it will be peaceful, co cooperative, yeah, and, peaceful. and peaceful. So thanks for listening to us. Thank you for today's um, show. We hope you enjoyed the show and subscribe to our channel. So whatever platform you are listening to us, rate us uh, on every platform and see you next year. See you next year. Uh, happy Christmas. Uh, happy and